Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, tonight I want to um, start in the book of James, and if you'll go with me to James chapter 5, and I have in my heart to um, bring something to you that I have fed on for a number of years, and it was something that I've learned through uh, Brother Hagen's teachings and I believe it's going to help you as well. Are you ready to, to grow in the Word tonight? You know, in our walk with God, one of the most important things we can learn to do is learn how to communicate with Him and gain confidence in our communication with God. And when we talk about prayer, sometimes people think, how boring, you know, because it's not something that uh, when we first come into our relationship with God, we may, we may not feel very confident about it. We may not feel like we're very good at it. And I remember for me personally, I thought, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and so I would get in there and I would, I would make through my requests, what do I ask for? And when I went through those requests, then I was done and I didn't know what else to talk about. And so uh, I... I was very uncomfortable in the realm of prayer. And God doesn't want us to be um, unskilled or uncomfortable in his presence. He wants us to have confidence in our requests, and he wants us to use that open door for whatever situation comes up. If we have a difficult situation, He doesn't want prayer to be the very last thing that comes to our mind and the last last option that we have. He wants it to be the first option, and we'll find out that we won't have to go through a whole lot of different uh, trials and difficult situations trying to find how to fix it if we'll learn how to address it in prayer first. And so there are some how-tos. There are some how-tos that will help us, and especially when we're talking about the prayer of faith. Now, you know, there are different types of prayer. Not every prayer that you pray is an asking prayer. Not every prayer is a prayer petition, which is also referred to as the prayer of faith. There are different types of prayer. There's a prayer of consecration. Jesus prayed when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, Lord, if there be any other way to let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And that wasn't a prayer of petition. It wasn't a prayer of faith in that he was asking for something and receiving it. He was saying, Lord, I consecrate what nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And notice he used the word if in that prayer, if, if there be any other way, if. And so sometimes a lot of people want to use that word if in other types of prayer. They'll want to say, Lord, if it be your will, heal me. And so if I don't get healed, it wasn't the will of God. But that's not an applicable word to use in that 
prayer. You know, if you were to try to play basketball with baseball rules, you're going to be in trouble, right? You can, it, they're both sports. They're both sports, but they have different rules that apply to each of them. The, the, the rules that apply in basketball are not the same rules that apply in baseball or football. They have different rules that govern how those sports are played. And prayer, all of these different types of prayer, you can't just throw them all in one bag, shake the bag up and say, okay, just, just pray it all this way. No, that prayer of consecration, you're going to be having situations in your life that you don't know all the details. You may not know what the, what the specific will is for that, but what you're wanting in that moment is to let God know, I know your plan is the right plan. I know whatever you have for me is the right thing, and so I submit to your plan. So whatever the detail of this decision needs to be, whatever this situation, Lord, I submit to your will. But if you're saying Lord, if it's your will to heal me. Now, wait a minute. I've got enough scripture to know what God's will is about healing. I don't need to leave that one like I'm throwing the dice on it. Come on, snake eyes. No, I don't want want to be throwing the dice on the will of God if I have his known will. So if I know his will, I can have faith for it. If I know what his will is in that situation, then I can move over into a prayer of faith. And so I need to know what tools are in my tool belt and which tool I need to pull out, right? And so you don't want to try to cut a board with a hammer. It's not meant to cut a board, right? And so you don't want to deal with something that needs the prayer of intercession with the prayer of consecration, Right? So you want to be able to identify the types of prayer. You want to be able to identify the different applications for those prayers. And so because of the design of God that we are believers and he has given us covenant and he's made things ours legally, he's made certain things ours by provision of covenant Just like if you had a contract and you said, in this contract, I know that this is going to be paid for, this is going to be provided, this is a contract, I have it laid out for me exactly what I can expect, and if I have a need where that is concerned, whether it be a warranty on a car or or an air conditioner or whatever it may be, you can pull out that warranty and you can go to that manufacturer, to that place where you purchased that, and you can say, according to my contract, this is what I can expect. I'm having an issue with this. I need it to be replaced. And they'll say, absolutely, that's on your warranty. That's on your contract. That is supplied. And so there are, then that is something that you would be, you would be dealing with it on a, on a legal basis. You're dealing with it on the terms of that contract. God designed us as believers to have a contract, to have a provision, a covenant. Our covenant is sealed in the blood of Jesus. Our covenant is an eternal covenant, and God wants us to know the terms of our covenant, and when we come to a situation that we know what our contract says, 
He doesn't want us mealy-mouthing around and going, oh, God, I really need you to do this. Oh, God, please, please, God, come on, God, I need you to do this. Come on. Oh, God, if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's in the contract, come to me like you know your contract. Come to me. It's in your contract. I put it there so that you don't have to, you don't have to try to convince me because there are, when we're dealing with it from that aspect, it's already his will. That's why I put it in the contract. I'm not twisting God's arm. I'm not talking him into it. I'm not trying to get him to do something he doesn't want to do. But now I'm bringing faith. So God designed our covenant to work by faith. So for us to, to for things that are ours by contract, things that are ours by covenant, we don't need to beg and plead and talk God into it, we need to bring faith. We come and we say, Father, according to your word, you said, and I believe I receive. And so, Father, I lay hold of that. I receive that in Jesus' name. It's in my contract. Your scripture says, and you quote it, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I was healed. So I receive healing now in my body. It is mine by contract. It's in my account already. Jesus purchased it. He paid for it. He made it mine. I'm accessing it. So now what I'm using, the tool that I just pulled out of my tool belt, because this is communication, right? I'm praying, but I'm not, I'm not making a, um, I'm not making a uh, prayer of consecration. This is not a prayer of worship and, and praise. This is not a prayer of intercession. This is not a prayer of supplication. This is a prayer of petition. I am petitioning according to his word, for something that legally belongs to me already. So now I've got to identify which tool I just pulled out of my toolbox, which, which spatula I pull out, which, which tool I pull out of my kitchen drawer, right? You don't want to be pulling out the lemon squeezer to try to scramble your eggs, right? You don't want to be pulling out the whisk to, to try to uh, tenderize the meat or whatever. You know, you, you want to know which, which tool you need for that situation. So because of our interaction, this prayer, this tool, will, this, this instrument, this, this spatula is going to be the one you use probably, I'm going to say the most, but I would say prayers, the prayer of praise and worship would probably be even if you want life to go well for you. Because the prayer of praise and worship brings God on the scene. The prayer of praise and worship uh, energizes the joy of the Lord in you. The prayer of praise and worship shifts the atmosphere so that, that the, the depression or the heaviness can't hang on. So, so the prayer of petition, which is also referred to as the prayer of faith, is going to be one of the main tools we use, and God wants us to use it. He wants us to receive those things which he provided. He's not limiting you and saying, okay, you can use it seven times this week. Don't you come to me after that. Just deal with it. No, and you, till next week, you are off limits that prayer. No, he says, he says you can praying always right? With all prayer and supplication, that all types of prayers. We just talked about these types of prayer. But with this prayer petition, he says, if you have any, if you need anything, pray. He says, whatsoever you need, ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Well, this is that asking prayer. This is that asking petition. 
that you're coming on the basis of God's word, and you are going to make this, and you're going to make this, uh, this request, this petition confidently. Why? Because you already know the will of God on it. So let's look at James 5, and let's begin in verse 16. And if you'll give me the Amplified as well. So the uh, King James of 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, the Amplified brings a little bit of amplification to that. It says, it says um, going to the, the bottom part of that, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. So the, the prayer, that petition... And this would be any type of prayer, but we're, we're specifically looking at the prayer of faith tonight. He said this prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. So he says, I want you to pray for each other. I want you to pray for each other. And then he says, prayer makes power available. Would you say that with me right now? Prayer makes power available. Say it one more time. Prayer makes pa- that sounds so good we should say it one more time prayer makes power available so when you're praying power is being made available to that situation if you're praying for your loved ones you're you're stocking the shelves with their with power for them to make the decisions of their life in that intercessory prayer but in this situation we're talking about the prayer of faith and he goes on he says uh Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And so he's identified this is the prayer of a a person, a human being, just like we are. He had the same kind of of nature that we have. He he was a man of God, but he he had we know he had some issues, right? Where he he thought, well, you know, he the power of God one minute and the next minute he's running from from Jezebel. And so here he he prayed. He prayed. And what happened when he prayed? Power was made available. Things changed. Situations turned, right? It rained. And then he prayed again, or he prayed and it didn't rain. He prayed again and it did rain. So what was the key that released what God wanted to do in that situation? Who wanted it to stop raining in the first place? God did. Who wanted it to rain when it started raining? God did, right? So it was the will of God but he still had someone on the earth praying about what he wanted to do. And so there's a lot of things that God wants, but he's not the one on the earth. He's given man authority on the earth. And he needs those of us who are here representing him, praying his will into the situation, praying what he said he wanted in that situation. So when we have his book, 
We have his will. We know what his will is no longer a mystery. It's not something hidden from us. He made it plain. He put it in paper. I mean, right there in black and white. There's the will of God. That's what he wants. Pray the word. And he said, my word will not return unto me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, what I want, what I desire. The word of God is carrying my desire. So when we begin to use his word in prayer, we're praying God's will into the situation. But notice it says that this prayer makes power, tremendous power, available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Prayer makes power available. So when we're praying, we are not just uh, having times of conversation in a room by ourselves. Our prayers come before the throne of God. The Bible talks about in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints are there at the throne of God. So your prayers are being heard and your prayers are making power available in your situation. I want to give you a couple of examples. Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Verse 30 through 32 says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he is asking the people of God to pray for him, to pray for him. Don't you think he's strong enough of a man of God to do all his praying for himself? It said pray you one for another, pray for each other. He said I beseech you that that you strive together with me in your prayers. So when you're praying for your pastor, when you're praying for other people, you're, you're joining together with them against whatever it is they're standing against or alongside to help whatever it is they're reaching for. You're striving with them. You're working with them. You're laboring together with them in prayers to God. Verse 31 says that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Those were very specific things. Those were specific things. He says, pray with me about this situation that I may be delivered from those unbelievers in Judea who were stirring up all kinds of crazy trouble and lies, and and trying to stop what God wanted him to do. And then he said that I would be delivered from them and that my service for Jerusalem would be acceptable. In other words, not just the unbelievers, (laughs) but pray that I would have favor with those people, you know, who, the believers in in that city. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11, and this is from the Amplified, says, while you also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us. Hallelujah. When you're praying, you are helping. You are laboring together with that person. Thus, the lips of many persons turned toward God will eventually give thanks on our behalf for the grace, the blessing of deliverance granted us at the request of the many who have prayed. Hallelujah. So our prayers are making power available. Philippians 1.19 says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation 
through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This will turn because I have people praying with me. So when, when we recognize that one of the greatest things that happens as we come to church and we are joining together with believers who believe the way that we believe and we're developing those relationships and we're strengthened together as a body and we are, are coming into that unity of the body. We're, we have people who can stand with us. We have people, we're not on our own. We're not left just to fight difficult situations on our own. We can pray one for another. And when we do, that power is multiplied in our praying. Hallelujah. So Jesus desires to respond to our prayers. He wants to respond to our prayers. And so I, I want to share two things with you. The first one is from Brother Hagen's book, I Believe in Visions. It's just a, a short little clip from this book or a, a passage uh, from his book, I Believe in Visions. And he, he was having an uh, interaction with the Lord, and the Lord said to him, and Brother Hagen said, Jesus said something that absolutely melted me, and I've never been able to forget it. It blessed and helped me then, and it still blesses me. He said, I did this, son, just because you asked me to. Now, specifically, there was a goiter growing on Sister Hagen's neck, and the doctors didn't want to do surgery on it because they didn't think it would go well. She didn't have peace about doing it, but he knew she can't go on like this. So he began to pray, and he specifically petitioned the Lord for, for, um, uh, for, that God would help her. And, and the Lord came to him and said, I want you to tell her to go have the surgery, and I'll help her through the surgery. And, and so he said, I did this, son, just because you asked me to. You don't know how I long to do for my children if they would only ask me and believe me. Many times they beg and cry and pray, but they don't believe. And I cannot answer their prayers unless they have faith because I cannot violate my word. Selah, pause and think on that. He said, I cannot answer their prayers because they, unless they have faith, because I cannot violate my word. But how often I long to help them if only they would let me by taking me at my word and bringing me their problems, trusting me to undertake for them. So praying, just jumping out there and praying hard, 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 loud, and fast isn't necessarily accurate. We want to pray, but we want to pray accurately. We want to pray, but we want to pray effectively. We want to pray, but we want to pray on the basis of his word. So let me share this with you as well. Now, I've told you the story, if you've ever read the story from Brother Caps's little book back there uh, that talks about God's created power. He uh, was a farmer in England, Arkansas. He, um, had been, he had been a 
part of the Full Gospel Church, I guess, all of his life. His parents had helped start the Full Gospel Church there. He, he taught in the Sunday school. He was a, and when I say a farmer, I mean, he had like acres and acres and acres. And so he was a cotton and wheat, or a soybean and cotton and wheat, whatever, uh, different in that area. He, um, he put out a fleece before God, which is not a, a New Testament recommendation, which means he said, Lord, I'm going into this business deal, and if it's your will for me to be in this business deal, make it go through this way. Well, it went through that way, but that wasn't the will of God. And so when we say fleece, let me explain what a fleece is. There was a man in the Old Testament. There were, he, he wanted to know if it was the will of God for him to go out. And so Gideon was his name in the book of Judges. And he said, Lord, if it's your will for me to go out into battle, I'm going to put this piece of cotton in this hole. Let the, let the ground all around it be wet and the cotton be dry. And he said, I got up in the morning and lo and behold, the cotton was dry. The ground was wet. And he said, Lord, if it's really you. And he put it back in there and he said, tomorrow when I get up, let the cotton be wet and the ground dry. And it was, and he went out and he won the battle. Well, that was under the old covenant, the first covenant, the Old Testament. And that is not the way we are to determine the will of God. He has given us the presence of his Holy Spirit to live in us. He doesn't want us to depend on outward signs or manifestations or things that can be manipulated by the adversary. And so he doesn't want to lead us by how things look. He doesn't want to lead us by opportunities. He doesn't want to lead us by money or, or benefits. He wants to lead us by the peace in our heart. He said, peace is the umpire. He said that the Holy Spirit would bear witness with our spirit. That's the plan of God for us to make our decisions by. So that's what Brother Caps, though, had done. He had said, Lord, if it's you, let the business deal happen this way. And it happened that way. He lost, he lost millions of dollars. He said he was over a million dollars upside down. He said, I had been a successful, successful farmer all my life. And now I turned negative. And he said, I worked the entire year and didn't clear enough money to renew my driver's license, to even pay. And so he's, he's having to live on the loans. He's getting loans on his property, loans on from the bank, and he's upside down in this money. And he's, he said, I was talking it, I was saying it, I was saying, uh, uh, doesn't matter what I do, it's going to come up wrong. If I sow my seed this way, the, the frost is going to come. If I sow my seed shallow, then this is going to happen. And he said, sure enough, I spoke it. And I, he said, it wasn't that my words were controlling the weather. My words were controlling my decisions. And I said I was going to make the wrong decision, and I kept making the wrong decision. And so he said one day somebody came to visit him and had some little books and said, here, I've read these. If you want to have them, you can read them too. And he picked up one of them. It was called Right and Wrong Thinking by Kenneth Hagin. And so he, he said that little, it was just a little book. He said, I read through that book and thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm thinking wrong because it talks in right and wrong thinking. If you think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. And if you believe wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And so he said, I saw what I was doing wrong. And so he said, I ordered a couple more books 
uh, that, that helped me to understand. And he said, so I'm feeding on these books and I'm praying one day and the Lord, and he said, Lord, I'm tried this and I'm, I did that and it's not working. And, and the Lord said, who's telling you it's not working? He said, well, I guess it's not you. <laughs> and so this is what he says that I wanted to read to you. The Lord said, you have been praying for me to prosper you and to get the devil off you. I'm not the one causing your problems. You're under an attack of the evil one, and I can't do anything about it because you've bound me with the words of your own mouth. And it's not going to get any better until you change your confessions and begin to agree with my word. You are operating in fear and unbelief. You have established the words of the evil one in your behalf. What had he been saying? Well, no matter what I do, it's not going to turn out right. I'm going to plan it this way. It's not going to work that way. And it's, I'm going to make the wrong decision. And it just keeps, nothing's going right for me. It just keeps getting worse. So the Lord said, you've established the words of the evil one in your behalf. By your own mouth, you have released the ability of the enemy. If I were to do anything about it, I would have to violate my word and I can't do that. The power of binding and loosing is not in heaven, it's on earth, and if you don't do it, it won't be done. So in both of these situations, what I wanted to point out to you, the Lord was dealing with situations that they were trying to pray about. In, one, in the first situation, he said, my people, many people are trying to pray, and they're begging and crying, but they're, they're not in faith. They are not believing me. And so I can't answer their prayer because I would have to violate my word to do that. Go back to Sunday morning's message, remember? Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? To those two lepers, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He said, he said according to your faith, be it done unto you, right? And so... The Lord in this situation with Brother Caps, he said, if I were to do anything about it, I'd have to violate my word, and I can't do that. So we've got to understand when we're praying, we need to know what the word of God says so that we're praying in line with the word, and we're not trying to establish the basis of our prayer on need or on the difficulty of the situation or on our emotions and how we feel about it at the moment. Because those aren't the basis of your prayers. If God was moved by need, there'd be no starving children in the planet. Right? What's he moved by? What's his legal? It's not, it's not him being, uh, him responding as much as how did he set this up? He said it's by faith. For the most important thing for our lives, our eternal life, for us to be born again, for us to be saved from, from sin and from hell, what, what does it require? Faith. We've got to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and declared Jesus as Lord. So with the heart, with the heart, with the heart, we believe unto righteousness right? So with that, let's look at this, this tool that we're talking about specifically, the prayer of petition. So if I'm going to God and I'm asking him for something, he wants me to know the basis for what I'm asking for. So the very first thing, I'm going to give you some keys, and, and 
I derived this teaching from Brother Hagen's teaching called Seven Steps to Answered Prayer. And so I didn't come up with this, but I've fed on it for years and years. I've worked with this, and I, I see this as one of the most accurate ways to understand how to apply my faith in prayer. So he says, number one, locate or determine the will of God that pertains to your situation. Before we pray, remember, we're not just going to jump out there and start praying hard, fast, loud, oh, in the name of Jesus, I'm not just going to come out here and start praying it. Let me find out first how I'm going to deal with this, what approach I need to get my basis. So what is the will of God about this? For me to pray the prayer of faith, for me to pray the prayer of faith, say that right, I've got to have faith, where does faith come from? Hearing the word. So you can't have Bible faith without the Bible. You say, well, I'm believing for that. What scripture is giving you the faith to believe for that? Because you can't believe without it. We've got to have scripture. We've got to have a basis of our faith. What's the basis of my faith for healing? Well, it could be 1 Peter 2, 24. It could be Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I've got to have a basis. What's the basis? By his stripes. I was himself took. Matthew 8 could work for me. Himself took. I am the Lord that healeth thee. That could be the basis of my faith. But I need, I need a, a foundation. I can't just jump out there and say, well, I believe the Lord's a healer. That doesn't mean I believe he's healing me. That doesn't mean I believe that, that I have access to that healing. My husband's a husband. He's not your husband. Right? I believe that Philip still's a husband. Yeah, but he's not yours. What, what, what makes him give me faith that I, he's mine? Right? I have a basis for that. And so we've got to have a basis for our faith. What is, this, what is the foundation? Why am I believing that? I'm going to go to God and I'm going to ask him for that, but let me find first why I can have faith for it. So Joshua chapter 1, we not only want to find it, but we want to take the time to put those scriptures into our spirit. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. And I was teaching on this verse recently uh, at the other campus, and I, I, I said this, and I'll, I'll tell you as well. This scripture has been a part of my life ever since I gave my life to Jesus. This has been like one that I go to a lot. It's a foundation for me. I, I act on this. I, I, this one helped me change the way I saw my approach to the Word of God. He said, the book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. I'm going to read the Amplified as well. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So for us, we're talking about the Word of God. This Word of God shall not depart out of your, didn't say mind, it says mouth. This Word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate on it. Well, that's the mind, right? Well, how do I get my mind to focus 
I speak it. So one of the things that we recognize is words are spiritual. Words have power, right? God's words, every word of God is full of power. And so to get that power, that creative power of God's word off the page and into my heart, one of the most effective ways is for me to speak it to myself. So the word meditate, in the original language, it means to mutter. It does mean to mentally image or to to perceive, but one of the definitions that cannot be overlooked is the word mutter. And so if you're muttering something, you're not communicating to someone else You're speaking under your breath. Have you ever heard your children walk through the house and they're muttering? You're like, what did you say? (laughs) Nothing. They did not want you to hear it. That was just for them. (laughs) That was just for them, right? And so when you're muttering the word, you're not trying to convince somebody else that by his stripes you're healed. You're planting it in your heart. You're sowing it. Psalm 45.1 says that the tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And then Proverbs says that my heart is a tablet. So I can take the tongue and I can write on my heart. How many of you, when you did your multiplication tables, you sit in front of the whiteboard or whatever it was that, and you use two times one is two and two times two is four and two times three is six. And you not only saw it, but your teacher made you say it. And you said those multiplication tables over and over again. And then it got written on your heart and you memorized those, those tables. Or maybe you were trying to memorize a, a speech or the uh, four score and seven years ago. And you were trying to memorize that and you had to say it over and over until it got imprinted on your heart. And that's what God is saying about his word. You can take the word and you can put it in your mouth and you can mutter it. You can, you can speak it to yourself. And what's happening is it's getting down in your heart. It is causing the power that is in that word to get released in you. <clears throat> so when um, a cow is eating that cow will stand in the field and it'll just walk through the field just a little bit at a time. They don't, they don't run down one row chewing. They just stand there and they take a step or two, but the whole time their lips are on the ground pulling the grass up and they're wadding it into a big ball in their mouth and they're chewing on that. We call it a cud. That cow's chewing on its cud and it's just Chewing it, chewing it, right? It's got that. And what's happening is it's pulling all the nutrition out of that grass. Thank you for that wonderful example. That's a great example. I wish I had you on camera. So you're chewing that cut. It is getting all the nutrition out of it. And then they swallow that ball of grass and regurgitate it. They swallow it into their first stomach, because I think cows have like seven stomachs or multiple, however many it is, and they swallow it down, and and then whatever gastric juices get on that ball of cud, they pull it back up, and they start chewing it again. And so when you take the Word of God, and you're pulling it out of the pages of the Bible, and you're getting the Word, and you're chewing it in your mouth, 
and you're getting the nutrition of the word of God, the created power of that word out of those verses, and then you go throughout your day and you pull it back up out of your spirit and, and you speak that out of your mouth again, you are getting the spiritual nutrition. You can't get all that you need just by grabbing one verse, swallowing it, and I'm done with it, and think that you're going to walk in the full light and revelation of that verse. For you to get what you need out of that verse, you're going to have to stay with it. So that's why we're not trying to read 24 scriptures a week or 24 chapters a month. We're trying to meditate on the word that is applicable to the situation I'm dealing with until I get the power of that word working in my spirit. So he says, meditate day and night. And when you do that, you'll make your way prosperous. The origin of that is the light of that word, the nutrition, spiritual nutrition coming out of that word. So God's really the one making us prosperous, but we'll be able to see it. We'll be able to observe and do. We'll, we can see ourselves healed. We can see ourselves coming out of debt. We can see our marriage restored. We can see those aspects of our life. Why? Because we're getting the nutrition of that word and it's strengthening us from within. Psalm 1, and uh, we'll read verses 1 through 3. This is also a, a similar uh, instruction. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable, the Amplified says, is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the paths where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And on his law, now this is what the word law means because we're not talking about Ten Commandments here. And on his precepts, instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates ponders and studies by day and night. It's the same word to mutter, to mentally image or perceive. So my mouth is connected to what my mind is doing. And my mouth is what's going to bring the, the creative power of that word into my spirit, not just my mind, but into my spirit. So he says, habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Notice that both of those results of prospering or having good success are connected to what I'm doing with the word. So we want success in prayer, right? So we're going to be searching the scripture for, what, for the basis of our prayer, for what is, where, where does God tell me I can have that? Because you can't have faith to win at the casino. You can say, I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to go into this poker game, and I'm going to come out the winner of this poker game because I got faith. I got faith for my poker game. Faith doesn't work for a poker game. Faith doesn't work at the casino. Faith doesn't work with the lottery tickets because there is no scripture that says, thus saith the Lord, you buy a lottery ticket, and I'll bless it.
But you can find plenty of scriptures for abundance, and God will prosper the work of your hands, and he'll heed the blessing of the Lord upon you, but, but not for games of chance. And you can't see what I'm saying is you've got to have scripture for that. You can't say, well, I'm believing for that. There was a person came in here one day and, and, and was believing to marry my husband <laughs> with the faith I was teaching her. I was teaching her how to operate faith. She come in trying to marry my husband. I'm like, what? I, have mercy. Have mercy. You, you can't use faith for my husband, right? So you've got to have, where's your scripture for that? Hallelujah. When you, that, so that's what we're going to do before we pray. That's what we're going to do before. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to find the scripture and we're going to feed on that scripture until it gets in us, until we have faith in it. And then we're going to pray. That step two is make a specific request before the Lord. Do you remember those specific requests that Paul said, pray this for me? It was specific, wasn't it? Make a specific request. When you know, then you ask. So it's not just, Lord, you know, I've got a special unspoken request. That was an old traditional thing. A special unspoken request. You've got to... For it to be a prayer of faith, you're going to have to ask. So John 16, 23, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 say it similarly. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. So we're talking about the prayer of faith. We're talking about this prayer petition. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, that's faith. But now the next verse is talking about prayer. Therefore, I say to you, what things you soever you ask when you pray. So when you pray, what do you do? Ask. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so this request is a financial transaction in the faith realm. It is a faith transaction. It is a, a recorded transaction of your faith. So mark it down. Mark it down. I believed I received on January the 24th, 2024. And from this moment on, I'm not going to come back and ask the same way. If I come back and I'm dealing with this subject, I'm going to say, Father, I thank you. I believed I received. Now you can do that with things that are promised to you from the word. Anything in your redemption, your healing, financial needs, things that are promised to you. You can't do that very same thing for something that pertains to another person's will. If I'm praying for one of my children, the prayer of faith is not the tool I pull out of my tool belt. I'm going to use faith, but I'm going, to, I'm going to take my faith and I'm going to pull out my prayer of intercession and I'm going to go between. I'm going to go between them and God and I'm going to say, Father, I'm coming 
and I'm because of what you've provided in redemption, I'm applying this for my child. Or I'm going to come in between, because that's what, what the word intercede means, to go between. I'm going to come in between them and what the adversary is trying to do in their life, and I'm going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I break this lie of the enemy off my child's mind, and I pray for the light of the gospel to shine in their understanding. I pray for you to send laborers across their path. Those are intercessory, intercession types prayers. Those are supplications that I'm making on their behalf that's not the prayer of faith. There is, a, there is one area I go in that area because God promised me the salvation of my children. So I pull out my prayer of faith and I say, Father, I thank you. I believe I have received the salvation of my children. But then now I'm going back over into that inner, I'm pulling out the other tool out of my, my tool belt. And I'm saying, now I'm going to take this intercessory prayer. I'm going to take these supplications and then I'm going to pull out that praise and worship prayer, and I'm going to pray praise and worship as I communicate with God, as I'm worshiping God for his faithfulness to save my children. And you will contend with them who contends with me, and you will save my children. My children shall come from afar, and they will return to their homeland. And I'm praying those prayers with that worship and with that praise. But do you see how you've got to identify the difference? Because we're not just... We're just trying to use this one. Sp- I, I remember, listen, y'all, I admit, I have hung curtains with a butter knife. And it wasn't pretty, and they didn't hang long either. And, and after we got married, I, I went and I, I went to the kitchen drawer and pulled out the butter knife to go do something, you know, that required a tool. And my husband said, what are you doing with that butter knife? I said, well, I'm going to go do such and such. He goes, no. And he went to his tool belt and came out with the right tool for the job. And I must say, it turned out a lot better than what I could have done with the butter knife. I've hung a lot of pictures with the butter knife. I've done a lot of things that just out of necessity because I didn't have the tools. But you don't want to be trying to fix everything in your life with one tool. You don't want to be taking the prayer of faith to every situation. So we want, to, we want to learn what the prayer of faith is for, and then let's be skilled in how to apply it. So when, when uh, we have this opportunity again, we'll finish uh, along through here because I only got through the first two parts of it. Find the word and then make specific requests, but there's, there's five more points. So my hour of power is come and gone. Stand with me to your feet. Did you receive something tonight? Hallelujah. Say it with me, Lord, teach me to pray. Help me to be effective in the way I communicate with you. Give me skill to bring your word to you and to build confidence so that I believe I receive. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's say the vision together.